0: For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butchers The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk.
1: Welcome to the McAnally's podcast, brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode number six, Vampire Bat. My name is Tanzin, and I am joined by Maggie. Hello. And Jess. Hi. We are fortunate enough to have another guest today to help us discuss Chapter 9.
2: Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, My name is Amber, and I am friends with all of these crazy people. And they asked me... Pity her, pity
0: her now. Sorry, that? I said pity her, pity her now.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, These lovelies asked me to take a look at the book, because I do like the genre. and yeah, I thought it was great, and so I'm here today. We seem to have another convert in the making. <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> I'm open to conversion.
1: What? What is uh, some of your first impressions of Stormfront? Ah, uh, in
2: terms of
0: what? Just, uh, just just overall impressions the book of the book or whatever uh, up, up until sort of where we are at chapter nine here. Anything jump out at you in the first couple chapters? Ah, uh, characters.
2: Well, I mean, I finished the book, and I like it as a whole. Like, I thought it was awesome. I thought that um, Harry Dresden himself was very likable, was very relatable. Um, so, even though he was a bit of a... Sorry, I don't know if I can say this on Radio D-Bag.
0: We we, 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 oh, oh. we, we don't
2: censor
1: it. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah th- this will
0: be an 18-Up podcast, because we all have potty mouths. <laughs>
2: I mean, he comes across as a bit of a douchebag, working class hero, but at the same time, there's so much that's endearing about him. So I find that that's, uh, that's what kind of lured me in was the character itself. Um, yeah, that's yeah. a lot of what I liked about Harry. And yeah, listening to the audiobook, you got to love James Marsters doing the, uh, the voice. That was definitely awesome. I am a, a Buffy file from right. long mm-hmm. ago, and uh, hearing Spike with an American accent is pretty cool.
0: Right. So, yeah. Yes, thank you to um, Butcher for also being a little bit of a Buffy file.
2: <laughs> Is that how it happened? Like, they connected with the... He, sorry if you covered this in previous podcasts. I was
0: going to say, no. clearly she didn't listen it's to Clearly them. she didn't yeah. yeah. do yeah. my homework. Oops, Sorry. okay. Um, <laughs> yes, I don't know how much of an influence that did or did not have on any of his writing per se, but um, mo- the way I found out about Butcher's series was that... Um, Jim himself had popped up onto a Buffy forum that I was a part of. Right. Okay. You did cover that yeah, in episode one. Yeah, I have heard that. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. so yeah. So that was like, oh, cool. He's kind of, but yeah. And, and it's funny cause he, I mean, even I believe in this chapter, you know, he says something about um, holding it up as good as any vampire slayer has kind of a thing. And he, there are. Was that the tribute? the tribute? Yeah, like, I mean, holding it up, that's oh, exactly Oh, no, no, well, I mean, chapter. just, but he mentions them, yeah, but I mean, the, there will be various, and, like, he does at some point specifically reference, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or something like that, like, in a couple of of things later when they're dealing with this. So yeah, it's just, I just kind of like that. I like the little shout out, the little nod. I mean, whatever, he references lots of stuff, you know, Spider-Man and Star Wars and all that, but plus, <laughs> Buffy's in there too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Too.
3: Uh, plus you can listen to the Buffy soundtrack and interplay Spike's song as Harry Dresden now.
0: What? rest in peace I'm just saying
3: Ooh. I listen to the Buffy soundtrack a lot so now when I hear yeah. Spike's song I'm like
0: I could just this could be Harry Dresden too right now Oh man I oh we're getting some blank looks here Okay so okay. apparently Tansen and and <laughs> and Amber need to Season 5 there was a musical episode <laughs> oh, Spike season sang a song six. Oh. Season it. 6 episode 4
3: Okay I'm sorry
0: yeah. <laughs> Once more with feeling Yeah, followed by Tabula Raza. or was it third third or fourth
2: yeah, yes. Tabula Raza got naughty. Yeah, that was the one <laughs> I like right after. One.
0: Randy Giles? Why did you just name me? Horny Giles. Horny Giles are desperate for a shake, Giles. Uh, so, so anyways, this is the <laughs> and Files podcast. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, well, we're doing the themes. wrong podcast at this point now. There are lurking oh, themes, really. We, we can do Buffy. <laughs> 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 that, that was my first real, true, modern-day fandom. Like, obviously, growing up, but Buffy was the one where it was like on the internet and there was like Ooh. forums and message boards. The and you 90s. Could, the 90s, the late 90s and early 2000s, really. And yeah, you could actually, like, instead of having to go to like a library and look for shit, you could just Google all these articles and videos and things on the internet and it was all right there and you could talk to him. So yeah.
3: Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd imagine using the early 2000s internet now. Horrible torture. Oh, horrible, horrible torture. So I was so.
1: wondering if you have any questions about Stormfront.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Wait, are we still there? <laughs> we're, we're bringing it back around. All
2: right. We're still
1: we over were, It was a free back. flow rambling moment right there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: No, Podcast starts now.
2: <laughs> I was actually just thinking about like, I, sorry for for taking this on a more personal slant, but like the lesbian tones in Tabula Rasa and how also there was that sort of um, sexual overtones to the interactions with uh, Bianca and Paula. Mm-hmm. So right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I don't know a little bit of queeriness there yeah let's
0: be interesting side note and Jess I don't know what copy of the book you had but I remember the first time around that it got a little weird because I was like it mentions Paula and I'm like Paula What is Paula yes there was a little continuity area she used to be Rachel my copy of the book was like and I, I have to go back I'm not sure about the audiobook version if it was fixed in there or not I'd have to pull it up unless I meant to do that beforehand oh. and forgot to but my copy of the, yeah it, it talks about like rachel 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 and then at the end of the chapter when he's like i thought rachel was coming down then it finally says i thought paula was coming out and i'm like Who "The fuck is, did i and i literally had to i'm like okay yeah no i did i mm, okay and now you will notice in subsequent so like um um yeah i think like my e-version of the book or whatever has has Rachel, 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 I'm like, haha. Anyways, just mm. a fun little continuity, because, yeah, there was yes. things where people were like, what, who, I thought it was. was like, yeah, yeah, no, it was. It's I own
3: two copies of Stormfront, the n- mom's version that she okay, bought in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... then I also own my new version so that the series and, uh, all matches. And for so yourself. the new book, which is the one that I
0: have, all says most
3: recently have been using as Paula, Paula, the, Paula, Paula, Paula. Paula. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go.
0: Well, this is part of your your extras. The this is what you home. get out of this this podcast that you don't get out of others. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you out there, yes, there are mistakes. There <laughs> are mistakes, <laughs> and they're right. cute. I don't know. I like cat, especially if he doesn't have like a or major. Or this all
3: ties into the timeline jumping theory later on. Uh, we just don't do, know.
0: Do, do,
1: do, do. Dun, 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 dun. All right, I'm um, go so ahead,
0: Tony. No, and... So yes, so yes, Oop. Bianca and and Paula. Yeah, it's a little erotic in that scene. It's a little scene. saucy. A little saucy. You've only
3: read Stormfront, right?
0: Yes. yes. Okay.
3: There's more. Oh. oh. Yeah. It's coming.
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert.
0: No.
3: <laughs> All right.
1: Yes. Chapter 9. Dresden, against Murphy's express wishes, goes to the Velvet Room to confront Bianca the Vampirus. He learns she also thinks that he murdered the couple and clearly cared about Jennifer Stanton and respects Tommy Tom. Harry missteps and makes an enemy of Bianca. Fortunately, she gives him a lead and a phone number for Linda Randall, a friend of Jennifer Stanton's to follow up on.
0: So I kind of like um, our interaction with Murphy when this starts off, where she's like, Cousin, what have you got? He's like, ah, I don't have anything, you know, and he's like, um, you can tell that there's like stuff going on because he's like, it's not unusual that Murphy's angry, but he's like, like, when things get stressed, some people fall apart. He's like, Murphy gets pissed. <laughs> yeah. Well, he like, keeps poking
1: the bear, too.
0: <laughs> well, he does, but she is. But I just, I like that about Murphy's character, right? That she's not like, oh, my God, I don't know. There's stuff is going, you know. She's just like, how the fuck am I going to kill this and make this? Just, mm, fix it. Fix it now. <laughs> Beat like, it into the box. Yeah, right? Like, yeah, she, she doesn't get. It um, also
2: sounds like she's got a douchewad for a boss. Like, isn't it the commissioner who... Don't like, we all. right? <laughs> Actually, no, I don't. But
0: no. well, it does say that in Retraction, the- retraction, anybody listening, you guys are great. <laughs> Our all names aren't on ex- this yet. <laughs> all opinions
2: expressed are.
0: <laughs> no, it,
1: it does say that the, the police commissioner, Howard Fairweather, uses Murphy as a scapegoat. And exactly. And, and looks for, for opportunities to make her look really bad so he can look slightly
2: better. Exactly.
1: As stated
3: before, SI is supposed to be the this is how we fire people this is how we get people to quit you know throw them an SI no one ever lasts a long time so part of the part and parcel is that the phrase part and parcel yeah Yeah, part and parcel is that it's not just a grudge against well I mean it is a grudge against Murphy that's why she was moved there but part of the reason why she has such a terrible boss is that she's got such a terrible job that's meant to make you want to quit and leave this shit and yeah know,
1: humiliation
3: exactly
0: yeah, that's the, the spot nobody wants to end up in is when you get shunted off to SI because, yeah, no one takes you seriously. And um, I was going to say, I, one thing that didn't really occur to me until I was sort of reviewing this chapter, because um, Murphy makes the comment, she's kind of like, kind of wonder who's leaning on him to get things done, uh, meaning the commissioner and stuff like that, right? It's coming down the line. But I was like, ooh, I kind of wonder if maybe it is something that has... Um, Because, okay, so obviously somebody somewhere knows things, right? We've discovered that, okay, Murphy kind of has a sense that there's some supernatural realness going on. So even though S.I., Right. I mean, it is. It does say SI was created to explain the sort of weird phenomenon. So maybe they don't want to say that it's supernatural. Nobody wants to admit that's what it is. But basically, everything that falls outside the box falls to special investigations. Henceforth, anything supernatural. Right. Um, We've been introduced to Marcone, who's your regular mob boss, but mm, he's picking up on the supernatural because obviously he, you know, gets in touch with Harry and is like, don't. And the fact that he knew about getting the soul gaze from Harry and stuff like, obviously, Marcone's. We don't know what level, but obviously he's, you know, getting, he's building an education on that, right? So I kind of was, like, going back on this and I was like, ooh, I wonder actually if maybe, you know, the higher up somewhere, nobody can say, but somebody actually sort of is in the know, that they know background somewhere there is, like, supernatural stuff. And come on, Murphy, like, we need to, like, yeah, there's some serious shit going on here. You got to figure that out and, and take care of it. It's not just... and. To go back to Buffy, it was like that. I think we had an episode somewhere in like season three with Principal Snyder. Actually, it was probably Spike's, and might have been season two in Spike's introduction episode when the vamps all attack the school gathering. Parent teacher night, whatever the fuck was going on, but um, yeah. But at like the end of it, like Snyder's talking to the cops or whatever, and he's like, "So what are we going with? Like gas leak, PCP, like you know, right?" And it was like so. Even though Snyder the whole time is like, "I don't know what's going," you know, he's like it's teenagers it on drugs. Conspiracy. You're like, yeah, you realize that. Oh shit, they the cops and shit and stuff, like in Sunnydale. Do know what the fuck is going on? So anyways, I don't know if that's meant to be. Anything, but.
1: Really, actually, have an idea of what's going but it, on. But yeah, that's why I they're like, leaning on no, him.
0: To lean maybe on there is actually. No. Like a higher level in there that they do. All right. But um. But yeah, I don't know. Something that hadn't occurred to me until this time around.
1: Yeah. The. I, I love so, that his breakfast time is at three p.m.
3: <laughs> well, he didn't go to bed until yeah. Like, he was up all night making potions. That's true. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't get done with Toot because what did he say? He was, was talking like to Toot until well after. He says, midnight, says and it and was then, like two o'clock in the
0: morning when he got home or when he was driving. Then home. he gets home
3: and is unable to sleep, so he makes some potions and then finally falls into bed. So yeah, I mean, so. You know, breakfast Checks for out.
2: dinner is my favorite meal.
3: Mm-hmm. Right, so, right, and and the,
1: his <laughs> breakfast itself is Spaghettios. He's like, he's got either a really super bachelor-looking things, or if it's just really kind of juvenile in a way. Because. I love- he gives his cat the the, uh, the steak. I know, I was just going to say,
0: I love how Mr. gets the leftovers of the steak sandwich and Harry gets SpaghettiOs. It's
3: and called alpha prioritization. Yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> on the other hand, I mean, I'm sure Harry, being six foot nine, probably doesn't leave a lot behind on his plate, so it really may just be kind of scraps and bones. There might not be much steak left over.
1: But. I have never met a cat that drinks Coke, though. That's That was kind of magical. Know. I know. Mean,
2: Christi- I wondered about diabetes.
0: Mr. G- it's <laughs> like it's fiction. By all go, accounts, so the cat should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: It's so prevalent in the
0: feline world. Are you sure you want to feed? But not cat? in fiction. It's 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 like in fiction. You never have to worry about like going to the bathroom or dealing with condoms, right? You just presume everybody in the real world is having like safe sex and stuff. But that's not sexy to put in. In the <laughs> you just know, you just leave those details out of the. <laughs> But yeah, no Mr.'s just I know I love that he craves that like as much you know he's like gotta ration out a little bit to the cat too. Horribly <laughs> irresponsible although, owner. although you know we did have a cat that loved Doritos. Yeah. It it would like try like it would it would do the sneaky, sneaky like you can't see my paw moving. <laughs> I'm gonna move it like a mile per microsecond <laughs> and eventually will withdraw. Chips yeah, the math in the checks day. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see your look there. Or
3: yeah, the vice versa. <laughs> One mile per millisecond. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know, but anyways. <laughs> and, and my ferret seems to have it, a it, very. She's not moving if she's too fast for the human eye to <laughs> do that, too. Math was <laughs> not my friend, okay? I, I, I like English better. Um. Yes, but, exactly, you know, you get the point. And the ferret constantly goes after canned drinks if I've got them, so. Shiny. I could, I could see mist.
3: So, yeah, so Harry gets his start late in the day. It's, uh, does it... S- three o'clock in the so afternoon. Yeah, three o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's not what I was going to say. I was oh. going to ask. I was like, I don't remember now if it's the weekend or not. Was it not, a Saturday no. now? Cause I, I, thought, I
1: think it's a Friday. I think it's a Friday, Friday. night okay. okay. Because she asks him for, it, yeah. for information and what her... Okay. her, her yes.
0: His response is, do they work the weekends? because I'll get you. Yeah. Plus, I think the chapter opens okay, with Friday yeah. night I went to Bianca's. Right. So, right, yeah. Okay. Between so, yeah. the two. Although, can I just say I love Butcher's turns of phrases, too, because that's the other part when he's talking to Murphy and he's like, oh, he's like, are they they riding you or whatever? And she's like, like a winged monkey from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> I just love his little... Anyways, okay. Um. But yes, yeah. The committee doesn't work weekends, so. Right. They're like, yeah. He's like, I'll get a team monday. Well
1: Dresden keeps lying to Murphy. Do you Amber have any uh, any thoughts on why he would keep lying to her? Oh
2: <laughs> Like,
3: we will not stop looking at you until you <laughs> know. I, not, I have no thoughts on that.
2: <laughs> I was thinking about the turns of phrase, honestly, I was thinking about the turns of phrase, and there was something, I, I'm i trying to remember the phrase, when uh, he meets with Bianca, there's a couple of really good descriptors in there mm. that, uh, yeah. Yeah. So that's where my mind was going. Sorry, I was trying well, to remember that.
3: We can definitely get you that, chat. Just scroll through yeah, that, that real quick. Uh, but I was going to say, In I was like, descriptor it is. The character of
2: the bat, like when, when she becomes the bat, that was. Bat Sorry if I'm jumping ahead, no, but no, like, no. I don't know. For me, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily really connect with the relationship with Murphy. Like, I feel like she's kind of drawn as your typical grumpy cop. And so I don't connect with that connect- character. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. sort of like, yeah, yeah, okay. So he's got this grumpy bitch that he's working with okay. Um, for me, I don't know. I, I think, like, you got me into a lot of the genre, Tansen, by um, introducing me to the Cabal series, and for me, it was like the freakishness of the characters, like, and as I was saying a little earlier, for me, like, connecting with um, Dresden, it's sort of like, he's got these freakish aspects, like these characteristics, he's a magician, he's a wizard, he's a, all these things, and at the same time, he's kind of painted as the working class hero. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. You know, which
2: yeah. And there was one turn of phrase that he was talking about walking in with his
0: rod and his walking cane and his knife. And and
2: the way it was described, it was like, but that would be like walking in with a battle or that would be
0: like walk, um, walking in with a tank. Yes.
2: And you know, multiple, I can't remember the turn of phrase. You'll have to find it. But essentially for me, that was just like, I thought, isn't it interesting? Because what working class hero, you know, would yeah. walk into... Like, but would there's have a difference between
0: walking in ready for a fight or looking for, for trouble. I think that's what he says. There's the difference between going in prepared for trouble or looking for trouble. Yeah. And that's as he's getting ready. But yeah, I think it might be another one when he specifically gets to Bianca. No, yeah, I think but that's the first that
1: Meg just mentioned.
2: Yeah, it's, no, and it's like it was... I think for me, like what I'm talking about is sort of the the. He's painted as a working class hero, but at the same time, he walks in with with weaponry that would be equivalent for us as working class individuals, as a tank. Who do you know owns a tank? You know, like sure, my neighbor's got a Hummer, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like yeah, that Harry, that juxtaposition is what I find interesting. Harry in that does have character. an advantage, and on, so yeah. I didn't find that the Murphy character had. M- more dimensions for me to explore, I guess is the easiest way to right. say.
1: It. And it's still pretty early
0: on for that to happen yet. So I was gonna see She's it. still
3: very books. much just buddy cop at the moment.
0: Yeah, I was, was going to say, yeah. I think that's it, is we haven't had a ton of um, expansion on her character. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we really, we're, this is chapter nine of the first book. Yeah, and
3: to go back to what Tanzan said too, and him lying to her and uh, you not feeling really a connection with Murphy, is that, you know, from the reader's point of view, there really isn't, a reason to connect with Murphy yet? You know, even Dresden himself, as much as he likes their banter, he doesn't very much trust her and doesn't want to let her in. Yeah. And she very much doesn't trust him and doesn't really, you know, care for him past a business point of view. And even if they have a somewhat friendship, they're certainly not, you know, they don't hang out with each other outside of work purposes, even if they do have a friendly repertoire. Eh? Totally. So very much from the beginning of the book, there is... Reparty.
2: Well, in every story, yeah. like every if party. you take a look at series, right? Like every story has sort of an ebb and flow of different characters. You know, like at some point, I imagine as I go through the the series, you know, it sounds like Murphy's character does get a little more developed. Cool. Uh, and so like different characters will play those different roles, right? Like you were talking about Buffy and, and in each episode, it was sort of like, oh yeah, that was the Xander episode, or that was the mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. episode where Spike was, was sort of more prevalent, the yeah. central character in this, even though, of course, it's Buffy's show, right? So, well, How do you feel way. about
3: Susan, then, right now? Um, Sorry? Well, how do you feel about Susan, now? Just one book in. Remind me who is Su- Susan. the reporter. The reporter. Who, she's in Rodriguez. She, uh, she she oh, she's she said spicy. Conned
0: him yeah. into a, a date <laughs> the last time. She's trying to get an article, and she's like, so was it murder? And he's like, no. And she's like, was it you know supernatural or not and he's like no she's like you want to go to a date would you mind going on a date with me he's like no he's like wait what
2: See, I don't know. For me, it's interesting because she's super sexy, but she also reminds me like I come from a background in journalism, and I, I've gone to these parties with people that are like, that. <laughs> where it's like you know, the only reason they want to talk to you is to see if you have any additional information or any you know connections,
0: leads, whatever. And yeah. so, and then is and Harry does say she's that's basically not up front that's about my it? Yeah. <laughs> but, like, but, but Harry does say that about Susan when he meets her. He's like, she is pretty upfront. Like you know, oh, you know, totally. like yeah, she'll flirt and whatever with you, but you you know, she makes it clear like See, she's for me I wouldn't touch that
2: with a 10 foot pole I'd walk <laughs> into the room and be like okay I know you and I'd go and hide in the washroom
0: because you know yeah and yeah. I think that's mostly Harry up until she sort of corners and that's yeah. why she's like, like oh so, you want to go to dinner on Friday you know would you mind going to dinner and he's like no and he's like wait what Oh, no, and he tries to like send him back and she's like no 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 I already got you already said yes you're in <laughs> totally. right and then he's kind of like okay so then he uh, starts thinking less on on the the work side of it and more on the recreational side of it so then he's like alright so that's right, just playing with fire
2: out. I don't know if I could be that guarded in a in a <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I like, no, don't little, know if I am a too open either. book to go on a date like that I'll be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> end up telling the, you know, the government
0: secrets, and <laughs> that, right, yeah. the launch codes, and whoops. Although,
2: Although Harry's
0: got a little more, I mean, his whole lifestyle has been kind of secretive, so maybe, you know, oh, he's yeah. got it. which, again, comes back to Murphy. This is the problem with, you know, like, you're talking about him lying to Murphy, but a lot of it is not, like, Murphy, right, I don't know if Murphy 100% trusts Dresden, or trusts him in a 100% fashion, like, obviously, but he trusts him in certain aspects for the relationship to work but i think dresden might have a little more trust to murphy at this point the problem is there's so much he can't right he's being forbidden to right he's like i can't tell her about the white council i can't tell her about the black magic so when she's like tell me tell me tell me he's like in order for me to explain this i i have to reveal government secrets that I'm not allowed to and I can't even reveal to you that the government exists so I can't even tell you. I can't share government secrets because you're not supposed to know there's a government. So this I think is part of where his lying comes. It's more lies of omission right? Like sometimes there's just so much he can't tell her and can't explain and then when he does have to sort of more specifically then sometimes he does have to, to specifically lie a little bit to get around that or whatever and I think that's part of the problem. And I do find Murphy a little bit in this too. I, I had her down as being like kind of kind of um pushy and stuff like that that she's like well what have you got and he's like oh I have nothing and i'm pretty sure it was thursday this started so it's been like 24 hours kind of a thing it was like mm-hmm. you know he had a two o'clock appointment with monica so in between like one and two or 12 and two or something like this is when he checks out and now it's like three o'clock friday afternoon and she's like what have you got and he's like well i don't really have anything and she's like well, why not i need answers come on Dresden. and what good are you to me i'm like the shoot hasn't even you know like what do you want him to like again 27
3: like, hours take a rest have you solved
0: your murder in 24 hours like come on you're yeah like give him a chance to figure out how this could have what it should have been done like i just found that says bit-
3: when she's stressed she gets pissed <laughs> yeah that's true uh, so yeah so uh, after his phone call with murphy he does eventually get to work and you know uh, uh, attempts to move in on murphy's case finally
0: although sorry that was another Fine. turn of phrase i liked on that when she's picking up on it because he knows she's gonna lie immediately he's like "Ooh, she's gonna be all over that like a troll on a billy goat Quite me. <laughs> there was also
2: a descriptor it was highlighted that i saw um that talked about what was it criminy i'm gonna muck this up it was talking about like how wizards wizards don't have it, like the magic is in the perception.
1: Oh, I have this passage right here. Yeah,
2: yeah like that was it. an interesting, just disc- like I really enjoyed that passage, and it talked about, and so I think that perception is also what enables him to feel a little more confident going on a date with a potential shark, i.e., the journalist.
1: Sorry, what's the passage exactly? Uh, wizardry is all about thinking ahead, being prepared. Wizards aren't really superhuman. We just have a leg up on seeing things more clearly than other people and being able to use extra information we have for our benefit. Hell, the word wizard comes from the same root as wise. We know things. We aren't any stronger or faster than anyone else. We don't have even have all that much more going on in the mental department. But we're god-awful sneaky. And if we get the chance to set... Set, get set for something. We can do more impressive things.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
3: Well, and yeah.
1: that's really great uh, with the the whole thing. How he is uh, a detective as well and a, a private investigator. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's well, a, a wizard is really well suited for being a private investigator because of this.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, and Harry's. Still. And I thought it. You know, at least that's sort of the armor as well that enables him to. To walk into a, a date with with someone who is obviously fishing for information and potentially more wink nudge, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. When it comes to the uh,
1: the date, well, not to He's mention awesome. just Bianca going into going into the the lion's den, the proverbial Oof. lion's den.
0: So I like how, with as we're talking about, I'm like getting ready and stuff like that too. Um, And this is where he specifically mentions this blue-collar wizard thing, but he's like, we just have to sling out spells wherever we can. He's like, I don't have... He's like, I've grabbed a bunch of enchanted stuff. He's like, well, half enchanted. He's like, full enchantments take a lot of time and money, so I don't really bother. He's like, (laughs) again, right? He's like, I... I, mm." We're back to the blue-collar. We're we're back to these, like, (laughs) let's just grind up some diamonds for a love spell. He's like... "Mm." Not gonna happen, nobody got the cash for that, yeah, yeah. So he's like, I sound like half enchanted, like jerry rigged, kind of like it's good enough, it'll do its thing, but I can't, I can't go like whole hog here, man. That's just way above my pay grade, (laughs) but yeah, everything's just like, yeah. And this is where, this is where he specifically is mentioned. He's like, um, um, yeah, it's like it would have been a lot more at home if I'd been carrying my blasting rod or my staff, but that would have been like showing up at Bianca's door in a tank walking in carrying a machine gun and a flamethrower while announcing my intention to fight. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, so he has to scale it back a little bit with a few other bits and bobs that he tosses together, and then, yeah, he takes his his cane and a knife, but yeah.
2: But to me, that actually sounds like, you know, he has more power than he actually gives himself his own, to his own credit, right? Like, if he's he's picturing himself where he's being described as a blue collar, what I was, I guess what I was trying to say is like, Essentially, who of us has a tank at our disposal? Who of us has, you know, the mm-hmm. military-grade weaponry at our disposal? It's it, there was a descriptor also when he meets with Bianca with the uh, the pentacle. necklace, the pentacle that was handed down from his father. So mother, uh, mother, sorry, from his father, but it oh, was oh yes, mother's. yes, yes,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah,
2: and the. That to me just kind of says that yeah he may be blue collar but there's some family history there yeah. obviously like these things are not necessarily like he's got some pretty premium grade weaponry at his disposal mm-hmm. right so I wonder how much of that sort of came legacy wise and one of the problems that Dresden keeps
1: running into is because he has that power like you say the people keep automatically assuming that he's the murderer as absolutely a, a, and as we'll get into that that Bianca think he's thinks he's the murderer that um. Uh, yeah, Morgan did. thinks he's the murderer and all this because he's he does have the the skill and the power to be able to perform that kind of murder yeah.
0: although in Harry's defense Harry Harry sort of says he's got the power like um, and I think it comes up at a later point here but Harry does describe himself sort of as as the mystical equivalent of like a brawler he's like I've kind of got like raw power his skill is what he's still you know and that's what he says he's like I'm still kind of a baby wizard in that sense like like people on in the white council and stuff like that he's like there's people that can run circles around me because they've had years decades centuries to refine And he's like i'm nowhere near like my skill level isn't that but he's kind of a big bulky brawly guy magically speaking right so he's like i kind of have like raw power so yeah he's 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 built like a tank he just has no fucking idea how to drive that thing or what all the buttons do yet (laughs) kind of like a
3: newly orphaned prince you know like he's got all the power in the name but at the moment like all these like dukes and regents have been running around for so long
0: that like yeah it doesn't matter at all it's like yeah yeah it's like you're a three-year-old on the throne we got yeah fuck you but yeah so yeah so i think that's um um like you say that there is the power there but yeah. yeah and just a little
3: bit to go back to what harry's said like dude, too, dude, was seriously like, i
0: don't know how to do this like can fucking tell you know
3: like, exactly don't don't everyone putting it on his feet <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah
0: he's like no like in theory maybe i could but honestly i don't have a fucking clue how to do this it wasn't me yeah yeah it's yeah.
3: Yeah. So a little bit that back and forth between innocent until proven guilty guilty until proven innocent it's a little bit like
0: yeah harry's on the
3: one hand he's the only one people can point fingers at because everyone else is secretive but at the same time harry's like that's why, like, why
0: would I be out in the open if it was me? Like Yeah. <laughs> right? The perfect cover is the, the perfect cover is the yeah. perfect cover. It becomes like a quadruple 13 side layers of, 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 yeah.
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about him going to Bianca's, because it has this great moment of uh, Butcher draws this great setting for Bianca's Domain. Because Bianca runs a business out of that old mansion in the in the early days of the from the early days of the Roaring Twenties, and that rumor has it that the infamous Al Capone had built it for one of his mistress, mistresses. It made me kind of wonder: was she the mistress? <laughs> Ooh, that's right. a good that point. Be, yeah. It sets, it sets a lovely age time frame, and it and
0: does timelessness I for Bianca. I was also curious about, and it looks like rumor is all it is. Oh. <laughs> so I, I was curious if the Velvet Room was a real place or not. And you mentioning um, whatever you just mentioned. It's okay. It was shocking sure. to me. <laughs> but so, yeah. So I, and I looked it up. So I could find reference to a Velvet Lounge that existed in Chicago. Um, and it ran from about 1983 to 2019. So it was for, closed permanently then. So it ran for about 36 years. Um, there was a legendary tenor saxophonist, Fred Anderson, is who... Um, Created that club and made it a jazz club. So he died um, in 2010, and um, so yeah. So for 27 years, I guess it was it was this jet, and it was it was described as the dusty epicenter of Midwest's freeform jazz scene. <laughs> um, and then after. Um, Fred Anderson died, it was bought by, like, a neighboring business, and they made it more of, like, a DJ, hip-hop, comedians, kind of, which I'm like, that sounds like kind of a jump from a jazz club, and apparently there was a few, unfortunately, I am not the music aficionado here, um, <laughs> so I don't really know, but there was, yeah, I did list a few, you know, on Wikipedia or whatever, but there was a few jazz, you know, um, artists or whatever that had performed there recorded but no official velvet, but no efficient velvet room so i did also find and we will throw the, the links to these and stuff we'll throw these up on like the website or in the show notes or whatever um there's a harry's velvet room and i'm <laughs> like wow this sounds even more so this was a little bit harder to find like, again, there was, like, some reviews and a couple articles, and unfortunately, I was doing this a little bit last minute, so I didn't get, to maybe, fully flesh out. We'll see, you know, if there's anything else we can post. But it looks like it originally opened in 95, um, and it said it ran about 14 years, so that would have been to 2009. Um, and then it reopened again. So, uh, the, I think the original one it said, um, and this maybe is partly where the name came from, there was, in the 1930s, it was like Harry's haberdashery. And I guess, so maybe that's where he kept the Harry's velvet room. And I don't know, maybe this is even where Butcher got some inspiration from it from, but it closed for a while and then it went to like reopen and lasted for a bit. But in one, so it went from like, it was like a cigar and whiskey club. And then it was like a cigar and martini club. And then it was like a cigar and champagne club. And I think it was the last iteration. I think maybe when he tried to do like the 2015 reopening or something like that, um, they had they, they, they changed up the menu and things, and it had like thirteen craft cocktails. It had thirteen um, oh. French-inspired. Di- yeah, so I was oh. like, so it's Harry's Velvet Room. It's got thirteen cocktails, thirteen dishes. It's been re. Yeah, so I was just like, just to me, there was some that I'm like. So I believe it was Dion Antic. I forgot to jot his name down here because I meant to pull up the article. I think it was Dion Antic was the one that. So I'm like, was he a fan of, like, especially by the 2015 reopening, right, to include, like, the 13 things of stuff, or did Butcher, looking, like, doing research, find this Harry's Velvet Room and be like, oh, this, yeah, but I just I did find some interesting connections there, and I don't know if any of them are directly linked or pure coincidence. But that's my, that's my sort of, yeah, I just thought that was kind of cool. So, yeah, I could not find, like, a Velvet Room built by Al Capone, though. Uh,
1: well, In terms of fiction, though,
0: Uh, yeah, but I do like I do like that (laughs) idea. That that's an interesting. I I know. I was just saying. I just I'm curious sometimes about what things are like. Right. Like yeah. Like there's a church. I'd like to
3: find uh, butchers uh, rabbit hole Google searches. (laughs) Oh God! Yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I do. That's actually kind of a cool that you're right. Mm. It could have been, she could have been Capone's mistress that the house got built for, Quite possible. Like that. I'll have I to like keep uh,
3: eyes open for more content from her. <laughs> 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 uh, but yes, it is, a, it is a very nice striking scene between New Age Chicago and Old Age Chicago because as much as, uh, it, and again, 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 you'll always see as the books progress more and more about it, but so far we've seen a lot more of just the modern version of Harry's life and it's now that we're meeting the vampires, that you start to see this, the other side of the coin, of, that is Chicago. And yes, part of the reason why old. Harry and so much more is set up here in Chicago is this exactly centuries old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. the Back when the humans weren't as prevalent or in the dark or the non-humans weren't as afraid or were more active in that sort of way, you know, this is just a little bit...
0: That that's another buffyism. I remember one of the early episodes and Giles is trying to train her and they're at the bronze or whatever and he's like, "Okay, so can you tell me?" She's like that guy is the vampire and he's like how can you do? it She's like dude look at him like his he's dressed like from the 80s. Like she's like mm-hmm. what is it? She's like what do you die in your style like never changes. She's like why the vamps always? She's like you can always tell they're always like outdated and totally out of the loop, you know? And I'm like there does seem to be a certain theme about that, right? Like We're, even in a lot of modern day vampire stuff, days. they still like yeah, they still like to have that flair of of the old roaring 20s. Where was Buffy know? set? Sunnydale, California. California, okay. Yeah.
3: Like, I know the Sunnydale was made up, but
0: yes, yeah, California. California. Hmm. Um, okay, but anyways, anyways, yeah. But yeah, I just I, I think it was kind of funny that yeah, but it, it works out good because like Harry is he himself is only twenty five years old and he may live for a few centuries, right? But again, the vampires are, are right. Bianca's already right. She is from way back when or when certainly right? Al Capone was her so. mistress. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so while Harry will eventually get to the, you're right. Harry is very modern day because this is the first 25 years that he's lived and it is in this era of the 80s 90s whatever that he's grown up right so you're right that's all his whereas now both chicago has the backstory and we're meeting some of the the characters that could Mm -hmm. also have existed in early day chicago as well when when chicago was new the Mm -hmm. roots of it all the roots yeah like she was there originally. I remember this didn't used to be here. This was all swamp. <laughs> that's how James Marster reads Bianca. <laughs> okay, well, no, that's just how all her parents talk about <laughs> I mean, I know I never did that to you, but I can remember sure. my parents doing that, you know, driving along somewhere. The city ended right here. This was, None of this existed. This was all farmland. You're like, mm-hmm, okay, it's mall now, thanks. <laughs> so, uh, the the blue beetle uh,
1: dies in front of the mansion again. They, again.
0: <laughs> is,
1: yeah, it loses a part. Something rolls off. I think. Uh, said. And I
0: love how he kind of blackmails his way in because yeah. of this. Yeah, it gives a, an
1: advantage <laughs> into the into the mansion.
0: Just yeah.
3: really glass half full kind of guy. Yeah, really. he's like, well, I'll
0: just sit here with my crappy old car blocking your driveway, let me call it. I think it's also a sense, it it, it adds a
1: little bit of a sense of vulnerability, because now he's lost his way out. Yeah, he does say, he's like, great, now I've got no ride home. Right. (laughs) And and that's that's, that's the first thing that gives a sense of vulnerability. Not only that, but once he actually does go into the place he loses his his knife and he loses his cane which are his physical lines of defense yes so it even broader sense of vulnerability that that um butcher is writing into this he's got some
0: of these enchantments or doodads that he's uh made reference to before but that's yeah he specifically says i've lost the only physical weapons and defenses i had with me
2: yeah and as it goes through it actually talks about the handkerchief as well yeah. Like the loss of the handkerchief and there was something else.
0: No, he the, the handkerchief and he the,
2: manages to keep because the, the, the But in the confrontation with Bianca he ends up using there. that he as mostly it. a defense and like right, 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 right. when he gives when he throws the pentacle onto the table, that's essentially the the surrender of the last defense. Little does she know that because it's a complete bluff as you
0: Yeah, yeah. He tries to make yeah I got more where that came from mm. but but yeah, really he's like, Yeah, that's about it. That's, that's all I had <laughs> So, so,
3: yeah, so Harry approaches these gates, and as we've now just said, he had a few items on him. He had the cane, he had the handkerchief, he's got his mother's pentacle.
0: The knife. Uh, the knife,
3: mm-hmm. and he's essentially, you know, he's...
0: The potion. The, the Are you really going to drink yes. that potion? Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and dealing items. with, uh, yeah, like we said, the bodyguard outside the gates. and
0: <laughs> so he's s- like, Strong-arming,
3: bullying, blackmailing his like way shit. into the... <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> thing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> is, yeah. It's very
3: much Harry. It, well, I will, he, yeah. he, he generally doesn't have very much patience for the little guy either. He gen- tends to want to go straight to the source.
0: Yes. So there's a lot
3: of uh, as much as his banter well, again, is with Bea and all, I don't but, think it's so
0: much yeah, cuz Harry will go to bat for the little man, but not not just the well, you're yes, in my, yeah, yeah, you're yeah, you you the little man, you know, <laughs> like
2: See, and I think I relate to that. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
2: like you know i'll always I fight for the no, little guy but yeah, you know but, but your but petty bureaucracy the in, yeah the, big, the bigger the, the stick
0: the peon smaller the that's dick. just in my way to help the, yeah you you i don't care yeah i don't care about your position <laughs> like if your boss tries to eat you give me a call but otherwise I get the fuck out of my way <laughs> well we have a nice little
1: character development uh, um it tells us a little bit about vampires but it, I think it does a more effective job about um, doing a character development moment uh, where the, the he leaves um, the pentacle necklace with him, the, the bodyguard. Yeah, it doesn't recognize uh, it. Yeah. And it says vampires respond to the power that accompanies acts of faith. I couldn't warn off a vampire mosquito with my faith in the almighty. He and I have just never seemed to connect, but the pentacle was a symbol of magic itself and I had plenty of faith in that.
2: You know, and that's actually a a section that I really, really liked, because I Mm -hmm. like the fact that it sort of took away, you know, like, as I'm sort of getting into it, I'm thinking, okay, you know, there's been a thousand and one iterations of different kinds of vampires, Mm -hmm. right? And so, like, there's points at which he sort of says, like, this is irrelevant. And I think, okay, it's interesting when authors sort of negate the symbols or the, the power of those sort of, sort of characteristics, given lore, like those characteristics. Superstitions sort of or, or stereotypes yeah, or those or objects or those, previously you know, I trying rules. to think of the word. Lore? The widgets, right? The widgets. <laughs> <Okay>. So... <laughs> you know, the special widgets. And so, I like the fact that he took the attention off the widget in particular. So, it's not about the crucifix or the cross or the whatever. It's about the power that is imbibed within them mm-hmm. by the user. Yes, And so, like, that, for me, was also a great connection back to sort of that whole descriptor about m- magicians and how magic is just an increased perception, mm-hmm. right? And so, it's it's not just necessarily the trinket that you wear on the necklace on the necklace but it's the power that you infuse within it and that ultimately is the core of the spells and of the potions and of the you know so
1: or even just using the senses in general it mentions um his power in listening Uh, yeah that's the first mention i think we get of that here listening isn't hard to do no one has practice at it Mm. but you can train yourself to pay attention and your senses work um or you can, you can, <laughs> <laughs> what is that about
3: senses and training? Derp, what? Derp,
1: derp, derp, derp. <laughs> you can train yourself to pay attention to your senses if you work at it long enough.
0: Right, yeah. So listening totally.
3: with a capital L.
0: Yeah. yeah. Nice. So he doesn't necessarily have super increase. He doesn't have like Superman hearing per se, but he's just, yeah, it could just be as simple as more. Um,
2: increased perception, increased you know, focus. Increased. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Being able to take away the okay. sentence. Yeah. As well.
0: Senses. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I don't know if there's anything magical about it or if I just, Found a good way to fucking tune everything else out and, and listen. So, yeah, he he picks up on bits of conversation and things here and there that the average person might not because he's good at blocking everything else out and tuning into that. But, yeah, I agree with you. I really like that sense of perception
2: uh, and intention. That was the perception word perception and intention. Intention, right? The
0: intentionality of magic. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And that's a huge, huge running huge. thing in Harry's mm-hmm. is that your intention behind it and whether you mean you can't do it unless you believe in it. But, yeah, exactly right. He's like, like, the almighty, you know, Christianity, that's that's good, that's fine. <laughs> not really his cup of tea, right? So I like how he doesn't necessarily alienate. He's not like, religion is bad. Fuck you all out there who, like, believe in religion. You know, he's just like, hey, if that's your big, ba- good for you. Not really my thing. That's your personal juju. That's your personal juju. But <laughs> yeah, this is what I have, have faith and trust in. I I believe in magic and I know it works. So for me, that's where that power goes. And if if a cross or a crucifix makes that special to you, then that's right. If that's where your belief is, it will work for you. And if it's, you know, the Star of David or whatever, right, exactly, right? I'm like, I just like how it's sort of individually shaped and branded. So you still keep that warding of vampires with an act of faith or whatever, but it doesn't specifically have to be, like, Christian well, Yeah, faith.
3: I don't know if I said this before on the podcast or not, but, like, as you're both saying, it's not always about the item or the specific religion or anything like that. It all comes down to the exact faith, intention, what you believe in, and that's part of Jim Butcher has said before. He's like, well, why can't we have 18 different types of vampires or 37 different interchanging religions or... 17 different fables about the same guy. He's like, our world has it, so why wouldn't my books be able to have it? You know, there's no reason to just put everything pigeonholed into one because the real world has 8,000 iterations of every little fable and tale and character. So he's like, so the books can also have, you know, depending on which mantle or which story or which type, you know, everything can exist in this one world. You know, you can have God acting in Christianity at the same time as you have magic completely disregarding it and not caring because... The two are not
0: mutually exclusive, mutually
3: exclusive, you know, or, or, or well,
2: and I can see why that leads to the popularity of his series. Like, if that sort of uh, idea of inclusivity is built into, you know, all the books, you and know? I think like he if it's not it well. about if it's not about the actual religion itself or the vampire, like as he describes the um, the connection with the like, as I was saying before with the. He doesn't negate anything.
3: Mm-hmm, exactly.
2: You know, he's not negating he's that. Not Aslan is any Jesus other previous or <laughs> stories of vampires. He's not saying, well, you know, the the wooden stake is irrelevant and the cross doesn't mean anything. It's in the Who's way that he it? focuses on intentionality. It 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 actually creates that inclusivity with all the previous sort of mm-hmm. stories of vampires that have come before. Totally, so. and
3: it helps his books as well because now he can. He's got so much more to play with, too. He hasn't really backed himself into a corner of like, oh, I can never use this because it you just maybe he has to make a new character who believes in it. But other Mm -hmm. than that, you know, he always has any sort of lore or myth or uh, delegation at his disposal.
2: Well, that opens the door to so much more creativity. Exactly. Like it just gets to where he gets to play at that point. Exactly. And we have
3: brought up before, too, whereas like if you read Harry Potter or something, you can find a lot of you know continuity errors in there, like how come the time turner was okay in book two, but not in book five, or that sort of thing. Whereas mm-hmm. the Dresden series is a little bit more like there's so much more to do and to solve. It also just means there's so much more problems as well in that case because it's like <laughs> and sure, yeah. there is a time turner, but everyone has a time turner, or, <laughs> or you know, like that to, to that extent. It's like sure, here's three hundred ways to kill a vampire because he's using every myth that's ever been created about them. But here's also every way to kill a wizard too, because he's using every single myth that's ever been used to kill him, or you know, so
2: totally. Yeah, and there there it's, there comes in that vulnerability again that we were talking it, about earlier.
0: Totally in that as well. Totally. Yeah, and I I just I like the way that there's there's no heavy religious theme throughout the books, but when he deals with it, I like the way he deals with it. He mm-hmm. thinks it keeps it fairly plain and simple. Doesn't get into a lot of the murky areas. Doesn't try to, you know. Justify one way or the other. It's just kind of like I, I just find that he presents it in sort of um a respectful, basic sort of way, right? That that doesn't cause offense when you're, mm-hmm. you know. All
3: right. So, so Bianca. Bianca. <laughs> Speaking of stripper poles. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: I don't think
2: Bianca would be on a stripper pole.
3: No, it's just the people she no, hires. She runs yeah, I was like, service. she's
2: way so. too hot and like is, fashionable.
1: Is it a full on awesome. Bravo? That, like the velvet It's room? pretty much a brothel,
0: like, it's Yeah, implied. Okay. It's implied. Very high end, though. Very. Yeah, definitely the escort service. I suspect since it is this giant old mansion that they have on-site services right. as well. That's right. that's the point.
3: Thirteen cocktails and thirteen appetizers. <laughs> <laughs> thirteen girls per thirteen rooms.
2: <laughs> I still like the phrase "on-site services."
3: How
2: I can work that into everyday language going forward. <laughs> We provide on-site services.
3: What <laughs> does that mean? And we do mean escorts.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Bian- Bianca makes uh, Dresden wait about a half an hour before she sees him.
0: Yeah, half an hour total power move, lets, him, yeah. power yeah. move, lets <laughs> him in, and then waits. And or waits she's, and you waits know, trying
1: waits. to rein in the the the, the rage and. Plotting different ways that she can kill Maybe. him. I don't know if she's, she's
0: aged yet, but yeah, I definitely see it more as a power move for yeah. sure. That she's like, you show up unannounced and like worm your way in. So I will come and see you when I'm ready to come and see you. And not because you came and demand to see me.
2: But she genuinely does think that he... Like, does she know that he's coming to ask that? Or is it the question about... Uh, no. Tommy Tom, and like, is that what sets her off? What like, her? otherwise, maybe, maybe it's just a pleasant trip yeah. or a uh, pleasant uh, visit for T. I mean, in any way,
3: what sets her she off? is this, you know, supposedly big, powerful, important woman. Suppose, I mean, she should assume that he knows that she's a vampire and ergo what her role is within the vampire courts. So either way, it's just rude that he didn't make an appointment. Uh, <laughs> stormwalled his way in here. And then on top of all of that, she probably knows, you know, her, one of her girls, Jennifer, has been murdered. Hmm. She's got, you know, and then suddenly a wizard's on her doorstep. I'm sure there's to a point where she's like...
2: Spidey senses are tingling, yeah, exactly. so Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know,
3: like, <laughs> yeah. there's no way that Harry Dresden is showing up for the first time ever on my doorstep because he wants to
0: hire a girl. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he, you know? For yeah. So, yeah. So exactly. Yeah. She doesn't know. There's proper channels and he didn't do them. And... But yeah, she's probably got shit going on in the back of her mind of exactly like so yeah, she doesn't know what he's there for and she's not the type to give it away beforehand. So they play all nicey nice and like, oh, nice to meet you. Oh, the (laughs) rumors haven't done you justice. You're lovely, you know. Oh, they said you were a gentleman, you know. Mm. And then he's like, All right, let's talk about shit. And she's like, Okay, so what yeah, because she thinks she says something like that, and she's like, Well, I'm sure I could find a girl to suit you, and he's like, That's not why I'm here. Not a pleasure visit. Yeah, and she's like Like, um, yeah, he's like, no, thank you. I came here to talk. And she's like, oh, I see. About what? And he's like, Jennifer Stanton. And she just, right? Like, he's like, I had all the seconds warning. So, yeah. So she's like, who knows what he's here for. But now that he's like, yeah, this is what I'm about. She could be thinking, like, am I next? Like, she doesn't know why he went after like, Jennifer, as far as anybody knows, is just a girl is a girl is a girl. There's, you know, Bianca says, like, or he says to her or something, you know, like, is there any reason anyone would have to kill her? And she's like, no, but she's one of mine. So if someone was trying to get at me, that's the only reason I could see, you know, that that this is is in spite to me You're trying to, you know, so the fact that he so yeah, so it's like, boom, I killed one of your girls. Hey, now I'm calling you out. You want to go, right? So she's, like, not taking any chances. She's like attack first before because yeah mm-hmm. she doesn't know why the fuck Jennifer was killed and exactly he's the one that's got the power and the means to do it so exactly why you've never had reason to interact with me before why the fuck are you suddenly here now like mm-hmm. but yeah it just goes from like zero to like 120 <laughs> and yeah. Justin's like what the fuck
3: what the fuck what the fuck which is you know fair enough Bianca was like what the fuck too you know this went from True. a pleasant conversation but, but to she a had the thought the process
0: going right yes. she was already suspect to him he doesn't know that she's suspect you know? I mean so
3: okay but he did walk in there with a sword like a cane with a knife okay you
0: know, true like, but he knew he was going to a vampire so well I think exactly that but i think that's a little bit inherent. the same way
3: she knew that she was about to walk into a meeting with a wizard who's potentially gone on a murder spree in the last week you know but yeah like, but that's what i
0: mean like she maybe her thought process is that he's maybe gone on a murder spree why is he at my door mm-hmm. whereas harry's like i just want to like okay the okay, vampire okay. is a dangerous being he
3: doesn't suspect doesn't he, yeah he doesn't know that yet. she's
0: thinking also, like, she, he doesn't know mm-hmm. that he also suspects her. So when she just suddenly comes at him, he's like, what the fuck? Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. So, and she's like, well, you might have done it. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, no, like, why the fuck?
3: So real quick, I want to uh, jump in quickly about Bianca's change, because there are multiple versions of vampire yeah. throughout the books. So it should be explained this one iteration of vampires at this moment, you know? Like we've said before now, there's a lot of different myths and lore that Harry Dresden uses in here. And when it comes to vampires, they're split up into one of four categories. Primarily. Um, Yes. And so in this iteration, (laughs) does it actually say Black Court yet? No, it doesn't mention
0: any of them. And I don't believe it actually... um, You get more in book three and when i don't know and it might even deeps. be it yeah. might even be a no um it I, I yeah know. it might even be a later book when they when bob gives him for sort of a, a broader rundown but we in, yeah we we meet more of them but not until book 3 so right. this, this okay. book doesn't i don't even think this tells us that it's red court anywhere in this okay. book
3: so then so for all we know this is the only vampire at this point uh but the only type of vampire yeah well yeah. there's there's two versions that you see you've got their flesh mask which is generally speaking a very attractive person whether that's male or female whether they choose to present themselves as young or old they generally are always very classy pretty beautiful attractive fits etc 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 the sexy vampire exactly myth. the sexy vampire myth uh but in this case you know as bianca freaks out she shifts into this very grotesque disgusting flabby bat like just yeah like it's a it's a humanoid bat yeah figure it's got flabby, improportionate limb. limbs so it's very gangly st- gangly and yeah. harshly hunched and
0: um, yes yeah, <laughs> exactly you
3: know. so it's, it's it's a very horrific monster sort of image compared to the otherwise beautiful lovely bianca yes
2: is it the statement that changes her into like is it the questioning around the um uh, the death of Jennifer or is it the like there was the the pocket square which had the flash of sunlight?
0: Like, so that's what repels her. So yeah, yeah. So
2: so I thought that part was really really interesting in terms of like the like how do you capture a pocket square of of sun, sunlight? right like that's yeah it's
0: like the mouse scampers yeah. when mm. potions how do you get mouse scampers how do you get sunlight and yes you're right is she comes across he asks. he says you know she's like what are you here for he's like about jennifer stanton and her murder and he's like i had all of a seconds warning beyond his eyes narrowed then she w- went then widened like those of a cat about to spring then she was coming at me over the table so she comes and he's and that's right he pulls out the handkerchief to ward her off, and the blast of sunlight is kind of what pushes her back and kind of shreds her flash mask. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she didn't. That was the other thing. She didn't actively choose so it was to transform. The, yeah, it was the sunlight that changed. So her it to was her d- yeah, suddenly kind of blasted her back. That original shredded. form. Yes, and this is kind of an interesting question too that I've never really sort of pondered on before in my own reading. But like you say, they have this, so it makes you wonder: is is um, their flesh mask. So, the vision of Bianca that we see is that the woman that was turned, or can she make herself look any way she wants? You know what I mean? Like, can she make herself look older or younger? But whether that 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 flesh mask, um, if they can just take on and off their human skin, or if it's something that's wholly. Created and/or manipulated by them. Mm. I don't. Know, I do not know that. Yes. Have to pay attention that for that in
1: the next books. If it does, yeah. does it ever I, come I'm, across? As I, that? I,
0: I'm not sure. I don't.
3: Think it, it does. It does say that the flesh mask can be used for disguise and be discarded on or off. But yes, I'm not sure if the disguise can't be changed or if they only have the one.
0: Yeah, right? Like if it is if it is like their, like you say, like what their human form was when they were changed that they can take on and off, right? Like Buffy's vampires, that's kind of it. It's the person was the person. And then when Mm -hmm. they vamped, they looked more vampiric and demonic. You know, they got the ridges and the teeth, whereas they could look, but yeah, so I don't know if it's kind of that sort of a sense or whether it's a purely a a, a pure construct of them. But anyways, that was just a side point, something else I was.
1: Well, and I thought it was really, really interesting how, um, Butcher writes Bianca with the, when he first talks about her, it's uh, this, this really feminized version of a woman like that, that everything is elegant and, and I love the description species. of
0: the hair with like the,
2: the auburn with the, right. that shouldn't have ruddy highlights, but it does, or I can't remember. Yeah. It was yeah. so deep. That was a, a cool. Cause in my head, I actually started trying to envision what that, what that color looked like. Mm. Like, damn, she's beautiful. Right. Yeah. And it, and it, it
1: goes, it verges on a little bit of the over, over sexualizing, but the minute that mm. the, the, the bat like character shows up when she f- loses so. the flesh, um, uh, Butcher just stops using genders. Yes, she's it, not she and dehumanizes mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. the,
0: now it's the more yes. And Can, then when yeah. the flesh mask appears again, then it becomes just she her- again. Yes, yes, and yes. So it was the um, um burnish shade of auburn that was too dark to cast back any ready highlights, but did anyways. Yeah. yeah dark I thought that was queer, really beautiful. Her complexion flawlessly smooth and elegantly graced with cosmetics. Not tall but shapely, with three hundred dollar huh, three hundred dollar shoes were studied in high heeled torture devices. She looked too good to be true. So yeah. She comes with this very perfect sort of mm-hmm. idealized yeah.
3: Yeah, I totally miss the dropping of the did pronouns you? Oh. i totally missed that so now i'm curious as i go through the books and now again how yeah. it is with other vampires as we go forward because
0: yes. yeah i
3: mean even when we read thomas's birthday party i'm worried now because there's so many vampires in and out of that one i want to know how it goes then but.
0: but yes i did get that's a very obvious that yes it goes from she to it for a duration and then when she starts pulling it back together and remor like get yeah, um Covering herself up with that flesh mask. Yeah, she becomes... So,
2: what do you think that is? Like, is that... Like, I'm thinking in my head, I'm going down the path of, you know, like, soldiers or warriors often have to dehumanize in order to kill. Mm -hmm. Is it the... Is the loss of the pronoun or the use of the different pronouns, is that inclusive? Is that dehumanizing because... Or is that, like, based on all beasts should be called... I think to a
3: point that is Harry's bias towards the monster. You know, it is very much like it's not human. It's not human. It doesn't have just to have. But then why
2: transition back to she when she puts the the flesh mask back on,
0: right? Right.
2: And then it's like in the in the sort of scene that follows where Paula or Rachel comes up (laughs) and it's like she offers herself like a lover, you know. And so it's not even I don't know.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I.
3: There's
2: something more here.
3: I just don't I th- know. If it, I think it does help juxtapose. Ju- ju- I think it does help show the strife between <laughs> uh, just the two different versions of it as well. Just kind of to thrust that reader in and out of both senses, you know, like you're mm. dealing with a monster and. Okay, a the scary music has now subsided and we're back into Sunnydale. <laughs> <and> <laughs> bit,
0: even just going back to Amber's point before about perception and intentional perception is I'm looking at you and you're a woman. Now I'm looking at a fucking freaking monster. Mm. Now I'm looking at a woman, right? So, I mean, it could even be as simple as that, that what you see is what you get, right? You're showing me an image of a beautiful woman. That is what my brain is processing. You mm. are a her. You are a she. Occam's razor. Now I'm getting fucking like, bestial monster fangs and flab and ooze and slime and you're all black and there's no whites to and your the eyes. and breasts that had a lovely
2: f- curve f- before are
0: hanging. Yeah, no. these, <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> like, these beautiful, firm, tender breasts are now just flabby and hanging. Mm. Like, it's, it's, you know, I mean, it could simply be that, right? Like you show me a picture in a book and I'll be like, Oh, she's pretty and you show me a picture of it and I'll be what the fuck is that? Right? Like it could simply be that, or as well, like you'd say specifically sort of dehumanizing it because she ain't fucking here, right? So it could just be Harry's brain sort of switching back on and off for what makes sense in his world, right? Like we call things as we recognize them and we like to label things and do Yeah.
3: And to a point I could see the opposite is to like well, sure, it's one thing to walk in and see a woman and call her a woman and then to see it as a monster. But once you know it's a monster,
0: would you wouldn't you that? remind would you
3: yourself s- then from there on, no, this is not a woman. It's not a woman. It's not a woman. Not a woman. This is a monster <laughs> no matter what I see. Yeah, that once it's switched, writers do. it, like it switched. I would
2: say a lot of writers too. It's like once, they're, once the mask comes off, it's an it. it
3: that's it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. It's an it. <laughs> and even yeah. to a point, that's sort of the politics too, you know, like. You know, it's one thing to be, you know, holding up a holy cross or whatnot to a monster trying to bite your head off. But once the monster has
0: revealed revealed itself, (laughs)
3: gone back into its, no, sorry. Once the monster has been like, okay, no, you're under safe passage. I'm not going to kill you. We're all good. it's a little bit also just to be like, okay, make sure you use she and her before you insult her again and start this all over, you know? Yeah,
0: that might be a little bit. I was thinking about that just now, too, that that might be in order to, like, yeah, he set her off, like, really easily, that this might just be Harry sort of trying to keep the peace and not make any more faux Mm pas, defuse and and not rile anything up again, that just be like,
3: I'm... More easily found traits, diffusion. Yes, yes. (laughs) More easily come by. Yeah,
0: because she gets really upset. Like, she seems totally pissed Mm -hmm. that, that... he he caused because again it was not her choice to transform she didn't like vamp out on him in that sense it was it was this defense of his yeah there that, was some
2: humiliation yeah so for, she's pissed
0: like she's not happy that he saw that she wants to have this beautiful gorgeous glamorous exterior that's what she wants to put mm-hmm. out and she's not happy that harry saw beneath that mm-hmm. caused it to whatever right and
1: and dresden even realizes that he figures out that he may he's made a permanent enemy of bianca um, she was furious that I'd seen her true form, horrified and embarrassed that I had stripped her disguise away yeah. and seen the creature beneath. Yeah. And she was afraid that I could take away even her mask forever with my power. More than anything else, Bianca wanted to be beautiful. And tonight I had destroyed her illusion. I had rattled her gilded little world. She sure as hell wasn't going to let me forget that.
3: Yeah, right? exactly. And even on top of that, Bianca stresses. She's like, you're the only person that I know in this city that could have pulled off this stunt in the first place. So it's not only like, you know, she, she let the milkman see her disguise. It's like she met, like, her number one enemy or even if before they were enemies but just, but you know, somebody like who could somebody be who could have been an enemy, you yeah. know, she's instantly been stripped bare by this person, you know, the last person in the city that she'd yeah. want that and from And she
0: might be asking the same question we is is how the fuck do you fold sunshine in a hanky? Yeah. <laughs> right? like she's like I want True. that spell Right? Yeah. But but this is obviously For so. crappy obviously, winter days <laughs> I, I want that right. spell Sunshine <laughs> in your apartment oh he, my He's thrown
3: her off her groove and she wants to throw him yeah, out the window,
0: but Completely <laughs> right? So she doesn't know if this is the enemy. I mean, he sort of says this a little bit himself, right? Just, but, you know, but exactly. Bianca doesn't know. Is this common? Does he have 50 of these hankies? Can he whistle this up in a moment? Like, she doesn't yeah, know. And that's, his, again, you know, part of the wizard's play, too, is that nobody ever knows nobody what's in know- their pockets. Yeah, I don't, well, don't. She's play She's obviously and-
2: positioned him in much higher power. And like, you know, from his descriptor as well, even without all the little trinkets and whatever. He does have the power on her, right? Like, again, going back to the weaponry that he... The rod and the staff that he was going to potentially bring in. Yes. Being the equivalent of a tank. So, like, even he knows that he's got a leg up on her.
0: That, yeah, he could have. Yeah, yeah.
3: You know? And, again, to tie (laughs) it all back, you've got, you know, now with Bianca's admission about, like, you're the only one I know in the town that could do this. Potentially, she just doesn't want to give up more information than she already has, but... You know, in 24 hours, you know, the police and the gangsters, the mob, and the vampire queen of the Chicago have all been like... The White Council, everybody, yeah. Yeah, everyone, yeah, even... Uh, even Harry's Morgan. Morgan, yes, even Morgan showed up and was like, hey, buddy, so, you know, in very quick, short order, we've found, like... Harry
0: you're, you're you're like, you're like, and, like we're Udo. all reading
3: like this 25 year old idiot who's like what the fuck is happening and everyone else is like uh, hey buddy like you're the fuck is happening And <laughs> so it's a little bit to that juxtaposition too it's like it's not just Harry's in the dark like at the moment we know that everyone in Chicago has no idea what the fuck is happening like mm-hmm.
0: yeah but they all see Harry as being the one person well, yeah capable. certainly he's in the
3: spotlight at the yeah. moment but
0: and I don't I don't know if Bianca would necessarily if it would be a not giving information away thing but but I think that's pretty legit that a part of why she like freaks out and comes with him at, in that moment. Because, again, that was not planned. You can tell mm-hmm. that was pure reaction. Because I don't think that she does know anybody else that would be capable of this kind of a thing. You know, like vampires would act different. You know, vampires would rip their head off or something like that. You know, like this kind of a thing, right? Like other supernatural entities, whatever. She's like, this. nobody else has... has played this card before. I don't know anybody else that acts or does like this, right? And this kind of a thing is obviously, right? So, um, yeah, I think it really does put the question exactly that nobody, like, even she is. She's like, I I legit, there's nobody else in this town or that would seem to have reason, right? Like, Harry hasn't gotten super involved. Like, this is, you know, this first book is kind of his beginning, but you can tell that he's kind of showed up and set out his shingle to be like, hey, supernatural shit. Watch your P's and Q's, because... Somebody here is is keeping an eye on the town and doesn't want that shit, right? So it's like, well, you're the only person who, you know, and you basically set yourself up as that that target. You know, that's you basically fair, yeah. announced I mean- yourself to say he did do it himself. Yeah, <laughs> well, right, <laughs> like a little bit of that, right? So, yeah, no, I think that's fair. That Bianca's like has no clue what his power and capabilities mm-hmm. are, right? And she's just like, you're whipping this shit out at me, and I don't have a. Clue where it's gonna stop.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm surprised she still even concedes and gives him a lead, which is the uh phone Mm -hmm. number for uh, Linda Linda Randall Randall. Randall.
0: Mm -hmm. because she's so
1: pissed. But
0: but that could be again, that could hold with her trying to save face and uh, right, she's the elegant, gracious hostess, she's a businesswoman, exactly right he put down his his pentacle and stopped trying to fry her face off she stopped trying to claw his eyes out well you know so and i mean she does sort of have a vested interest because whether whether there's pure affection for jennifer or simply proprietary you know affection that she was but she has a stake you know she's like this was mine whether she actually had like you say some genuine you know, friendship or whatever, or whether it's simply that Jennifer Stanton was one of my girls. Somebody took that from me. So she does have a vested interest in finding out what's going on. If it's not Harry, you know, he's there claiming it's not. So, okay, fine. Then, then, you know, here's- Get some free work out of it. Well, yeah, right. Like exactly, you know, maybe we will find out and she can take her revenge or whatever against who is to blame if, Mm -hmm. if not him. So yeah, I could see her- still potentially being willing to and again yeah it's part of being like a saving face to just
1: does um so paula comes up uh once once she's leaving or or rachel, rachel. <laughs> one rachel. of the two
0: it is rachel most commonly now it's no i thought paula is the one that
3: it's no rachel is the final edit pa- paula was the flub rachel is the yes. real flub is the pa- oh. pa- paula is the flub rachel's real oh okay so rachel are you positive uh, no, five like billion it. percent damn i have to go back the new hmm. additions are rachel Okay, okay. I well,
1: thought I'll was stop th- saying Paula then because that was what I was reading with mine. <laughs> so Rachel, does do we do we it was it's kind of alluded to that that she's killed by Bianca. At least that's how I took it. Do you Do you agree, disagree?
3: Yeah, yeah, is, and once you've read the books more too, it, it's very much the same sort of intro and outro for these sort of characters, you know. And as the book itself progresses, you see a lot more of this discard for human life among the vampires. But I think it is very set up in this scene, scene that certainly Rachel's time on this earth is not
2: long. <laughs> long. Well, and I think also the reaction of, um, uh, what did he refer to him as? Not Fido. Yeah, Fido. The door. Yeah, it was is, it Fido? Did, yeah, the it door is Fido. Guy? Yeah, Fido. The, yeah. the guard, security guard. So there's some reference in that. Yeah. Uh, where he kind of looks wistfully back at the house and it's sort of like understood that Fido's aware that people go in and they just don't come out. So I think it was that that uh, would indicate yep. that at least Fido is aware that perhaps Rachel is no longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the other question that I have is the note with the phone number says regret. Why would she pick the word regret and not something else?
0: I think she's now got regrets. I think she's implying Harry's gonna have some regrets. <laughs> mm. There's I think it's like sort of an all encompassing sort of her end, his end everywhere. Just this night's gonna come back to bite you in the ass You're one way gonna or regret another. Regret this. You are I'm gonna, gonna make you this. regret this. Both an yeah. admission
3: and a thing. Exactly. Yeah, it's <laughs> both an
0: admission and a and I just sorry going back to I love it when, when he's like um she's like put your amulet down and all and he's like she's she, he, or he's like, don't come at me. And she's like, um, why should I trust you? And Harry's like, why should I trust you? <laughs> like, Sorry, I just love that part where he comes back and forth. But yeah, she says he's, he's... So yeah, Harry's got a little bit of bleeding or whatever from when she attacked him. And that's starting to kind of set her on edge again, right? And she's mm-hmm. like, you need to go. Um, and she's like, go now. Paul is coming, Rachel. Um, and I'll send her down to the gate with the phone number in a little while. So... He's heading out and and Paula comes in. So I think essentially this is, is that Paula's been summoned to sort of help her calm down mm-hmm. and and get like this is her sort of current pet mortal or whatever, right? So you do get this erotic scene that we alluded to in the beginning that exactly like like Bianca latches onto her wrist or whatever and Paula, Rachel, is visibly turned on by this you know it's like you can see the nipples and everything through her and she's like just kind of getting off on this and he's like hey, I'm and he figures there's so he starts wondering if there's something in in, in the vampire saliva or whatever because um, um she starts going into this sort of
3: blessed out state narcotic Friends, yeah
0: this mm-hmm. narcotic bliss right so he's like Ew. so he then has a really scary thought of like um, what if they got a vampire right like if the, or the a wizard if the vampires got a wizard and like addicted him or enthralled him and him whatever their pet made him their pet that could be all kinds of bad and gee maybe that's part of why the white council is always so hard nosed about anything to do with right it's mm-hmm. not just that they might kill you or turn you but they could yeah, and trap you and have you do all kinds of horrible wizard shit in their name. So there's so a mutual fear
3: and Harry's dehumanization respect. could very much come from his mentors Hard. in the past to just be like, you cannot fall That's, for the yeah, that Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, yeah, he like,
0: obviously hasn't had a lot of interaction yet. So instead of the, yeah, them being be like... It, very ingrained
3: from beforehand, yeah.
0: Yeah, so Harry... You First perception, he's in. a woman, so he's like, she, 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 but then you get the, yeah, all the, the mentors or whatever being like, no, they are it, don't. Exactly. It's a scary thought, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Be in control of a wizard. Yeah. So he, he takes off or whatever, so then he goes to the gate... Um, so just a few minutes later, the guard's cell phone beeped at him. He withdrew several paces, repeated several affirmatives, then took a notebook from his pocket, writing something down. He put the phone away and walked back over to me, offered me the piece of paper. What's this? The phone number you were looking for and a message. I glanced at the paper, but avoided reading it just then. I thought Bianca was going to send Paula down. He didn't say anything, but his jaw tightened and I saw his eyes flick towards the house where his mistress was. He swallowed. Paula wasn't coming out of the house and Fido was afraid. So yeah, he's not sure. And I mean, that's basically where we get it too, right? Harry's like, okay, she was supposed to pop out with this and now she's not. Last yeah. I saw her. Just so, as Amber
3: was saying, exactly. It's,
0: yeah, it's not. It's implied, but it's fairly direct. Like, yeah, you're <laughs> sort of like, yeah, this this is not a good situation. He's uh, totally free. Yeah. Um, And to
3: a point, I mean, you could probably put that death on Harry's shoulders to
0: an extent. I mean, and this might be where some of the regret, you know, like, exactly. This is where there's there's a lot folded into that one word. (laughs) As as the series goes on, you know, you can
3: see like there's a lot of times when Harry does feel guilty about things out of his control. But to a certain extent as well, it's also one could say, I mean, and people will allude to it later on. They're like, you're throwing a lot of people under the bus to save a lot of other people like when does it when does it equal out? Why is
0: it fair? Who chooses which life is like worth saving? Like when the Avengers destroy an entire city. To well, save. exactly. You know, like, <laughs> You're like oh, and when it's there like people in that office building. You just totally. <laughs> and it's the same thing for
3: Harry. And like sometimes you see Harry has these moments of regret that he can't save everyone. And there's other times when people come at him and they're like, "You're the reason that half of this city's on fire to begin with." And there's a lot of the time when Harry has yeah. to stop. And he, he does play with that very much. Like, am I evil? Am I bad? Am I doing more harm than I'm doing good? And what are the consequences think, of my actions? Exactly. And this is yeah. kind of like the very first time in the series when you get that first consequence of like, maybe you should learn to hold your tongue. Maybe you should be more cordial. Maybe you should go through the proper channels and make an appointment and not piss people off and throw sunlight in their face because <laughs> regardless of whether or not you deal with the consequences today, a lot of the other times no. there's always collateral damage. Mm. Somebody Just else, where Harry goes, you know? Why yeah.
1: Murphy was saying that you're I'm the one that this is going to end up coming back on. Mm-hmm. 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 Exactly. So yeah. yeah,
3: so that covers Bianca oh. yeah and uh, the velvet Amber, room.
1: Do you have any questions about uh, any statements or
3: no to-
2: no, I think we covered a lot of it. okay.
3: <laughs> well, thanks for coming to join us, Amber. Yeah, thank yeah. You very
1: much. yes, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. This uh, concludes our episode six Vampire Bat. Uh, thank you t- again to our speaker Amber. Yes, thank you very much.
0: good convo good convo
1: (laughs) you can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and mcinellys.ca there we have links to our other podcasts social media and other fun tidbits please subscribe if you like what you're hearing and please consider supporting us through patreon to keep the magic alive and see more content (laughs) we are free flow rambling and thank you for listening